Are you a single believer looking for the love of your life? Or are you a married believer looking to grow the love you already have? If you like practical advice based on the Word of God with real-life examples, you're in the right place. I'm Cindy. And I'm Wayne. Welcome Welcome to to Love Love with with the the Lines. love with the lines i'm cindy and i'm wayne and this is episode 48 wow we're in season two but it's episode 48 season two episode 48 yes last week we said it was season two episode one and then i found out that when you have a podcast you're supposed to keep it going chronologically regardless of what season you're in Uh, uh, Mm -hmm. i learn something new every day mm -hmm. fascinating Mm -hmm. well i'm ready I also learned today that in Nigeria, everybody's first language is English. Interesting. And then they they learn English first, and then they learn whatever their dialect of their area is. That's very interesting. Isn't that interesting? It is. But it has nothing to do with our podcast. Well, you know, I was going to ask about that. It was just a random fact. (laughs) I, I was just fascinated by that. And that fascinating fact is fascinating. Fascinating. Mm. Anyway. Anyway, we digress. Mm. So you were the person in the team of the two of us. That's us, honey. Who came up with the idea for this week's podcast. Yep. So do you want to expand on it a little bit? Well, I would. We, I just thinking about this and praying about doing the podcast and the thought came to me about how our life has changed Um like, I mean, every every part of our life has changed since before we got married to when we got married. I mean, you know, the mu- everything from the food we eat to the music we listen to to, you know, whatever has changed since we hooked up, baby. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Yes, it has. <laughs> well, I mean, just like looking at the music that we've listened to over the years. I mean, like with me, when... When we first got married, I was listening to Pink Floyd and ACDC and all kinds of stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. and of course, our 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 uh, relationship with Jesus Christ obviously changed a big part of the music we listened to. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Movies we watched. And movies we watched. TV oh, shows yes. that we watched. That TV kind of thing. shows we watched. Oh, yeah. Yes, it did. It has changed a lot over the almost 40 years that we've been married. We're on the. On the countdown now, 39 and a half years, so mm-hmm. uh, we're head, s- sliding down the, the 39 side to 40, and a lot has changed. Well, the world well, has world changed drastically. It, it's very interesting uh, for people our age to think about how drastically the world has changed in our lifetime. I mean, I remember when the big thing is when we got a TV set, and it was black and white. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I actually remember watching the Ed Sullivan show mm-hmm. back in the back in the yeah. '60s on a black and white TV. Yes, mm-hmm. and our stereo was a was a stand stereo with a record, you know, a record player and an AM/FM stereo, and it was about six foot long and about two and a half foot high and about a foot and a half wide, and took two people to carry it. 
Mm-hmm. And we played 78s on it. And 33 and a half. And 33 and a half. And they, and 45. And what was 45s, that, 45s? 45s, yeah. And they, um, and you stacked them and they dropped it down so you mm-hmm. could play one record album after another. But only one side. Only one side. Only one side at a time. Well, it was only recorded on one side. No. No? No. They all got Oh, that's flip. right. You yeah. could flip them over. I forgot yep. about that. Yep. Oh, my. Side one and side two. And when we were kids and they were developing computers, a computer computer filled an entire banquet room like it, t- it took up an entire room up until in the must have been the late 80s early 90s I remember when the Head Start program was working we got our first desktop computer and the monitor took up the entire desk yeah, and our, everything was DOS based then oh my word well how it was crazy how old were we or how long had we been married when we got our first cell phone your parents got a cell phone first, if I remember correctly. They got a bag phone they got for a bag in their phone. car. Yeah, that's right. They got a you bag phone. You remember the bag phones? The big that's, Motorola's. That's what they came out with first. But they did have an awesome range, though. They did. And I'm trying to... I remember I had a, a CB radio Oh, yeah. Everybody had car. CBs for a while. That's how everybody communicated that on the road. That was how I communicated on the road because I would, when I was... <laughs> Young and single, I would, I would uh, communicate with the truckers when I was driving b- up and down Route 80 back and forth from where I was living back to my hometown. And Cindy, well, they would do that if you've ever watched Smokey and the Bandit, where where the truckers, the police are chasing Bandit, mm-hmm. and the truckers put his car in and then pull a truck up beside him so the police can't see them. I had the truckers do that with me once. It was fun. Mm-hmm. I bet it was. That was that was a thrill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> reminiscing about reminiscing. the good old days. So that would have been the uh, late seventies, early eighties. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting. So when Wayne talked to me about this being the topic for the podcast, then I started to research stages of marriage. Well, what I found is, like many things, there are multiple theories on what the stages of marriage are out there. I found everything from three stages to four to five to six to seven is the highest <laughs> highest number of stages of marriage I found out. And when you read the articles, they're all a little different. But one that we found uh, from uh, the org site, which we have cited articles from there before, mm-hmm. they actually talked about the stages of marriage based on chronological time frames. And so they defined three time frames Newly married, which is zero to five years of marriage. The middle years, which is six to 25 years of marriage. And that usually coincides with active parenting. And then the later years, which is 26 plus years of marriage and often uh, dubbed as the empty nest years. And those are just general categories and time frames. And of course, every marriage is different and it depends on when you got married, how old you got married, whether or not you have children, whether you're blending a family. I mean, there's lots of factors, but that's that's just a general time frame. And then the article went on to state that another way of looking at transitions in marriage is through cycles of growth and that most relationships move through cycles that include romance, disillusionment, and mature love. And again, it's like the stages can be shorter for some couples and longer for others. And, um, and it really depends. And um, that's one way to look at it. So mm-hmm. we thought what we would do is take um, the next few episodes of the podcast and explore 
these different theories on stages of marriage. And I'm sure that till we go through all of them, like I said, they all have a little bit of different take on it that you might be able to identify where you are if you're a married couple in in those stages. I mean, I think about the first stance, you know, the, the romance phase some some of the theories refer to it as the honeymoon Mm -hmm. stage and you're just in love (laughs) you're just in love yes you're Mm -hmm. just in love and you just have um eyes for each other and hands for each other (laughs) remember this is for yes i know we have to keep it g-rated it is g-rated i had i had a a boyfriend one time tell me that um, he heard that if you took a big glass jug and if you put a penny in the jug every time that you were intimate during the first year you were married and then on the subsequent years you took a penny out every time you were intimate that you would never empty the jug. I thought that was a very interesting I've theory. Had, I've heard I've had people tell me that too. I I'm, we didn't try that out when we got married, so I I don't know. We didn't we didn't try out that theory but we did not and i think i think there could be more to it than that but when you're newly married you are focused on each other and that's it <laughs> that's that's pretty much mm-hmm. it <clears throat> and you get to know each other but i was gonna say everything's new about the other person you... mm-hmm. and it's funny because i mean i thought i knew you pretty well when we got married but heck i'm still learning about you that's very interesting now how could you know me pretty well we were a blind date and we talked on the phone for, what, five months before we ever met each other in person. Yeah, I got to know you then. Well, we well, I guess we did get to know each other what, through our discussions over the phone. Yeah, they were very intellectual. But I... <laughs> well, at least Sometimes. that's what I remember. Sometimes. <laughs> but they... And now I totally lost my train of thought with that. Oh, my gosh. Um, but it was interesting. So if we count that, that five months that we talked on the phone before we could get together to have our first blind date, and then we started actually dating in person in April and we decided in May to get married and we got married in September. So I don't think that's a really long time to know anybody. Like we were, we were out of our minds. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. Apparently, I felt I knew enough about you that I wanted to get married. <laughs> well, apparently, I thought apparently, the same see, thing. I but rest, we, see, I was right. I rest my case. we've often said, though, that we didn't fall in love with each other, that we fell in lust well, with each other. Well, well. Yeah, remember, this was BC, B, BC, folks. It was before Christ. So That's right. We were living not a model life, Christian lifestyle at the time. No, you weren't. I mean, no, we weren't. <laughs> Just kidding. Mm-hmm. I obviously wasn't either. Right. Mm-hmm. So, go. So, we got married really quickly. Yeah. Well, I got married. It took me a while to get married the first two times, and that didn't work. So, you, you figured, apparently, quick worked. You figured you'd try a different approach. <laughs> you'd try the, As I say, apparently, quicker quick, worked. You, you tried the quick approach. Well, it did. Well, and it did work. But, I mean, I don't know that I would recommend it. It, it happened to work for us. But it I, worked for us. I truly but... believe that God meant for us to be together. Yeah. So, it's. Well, I mean, and I've, I've talked to people who have gotten, who have had courtships shorter than ours. And then I've talked to people who were together like long enough, actually people that lived together long enough that they were almost considered common law. So they moved, they separated so that they weren't common law. So after like 10 or 12 years of being together, they finally got married and within a year they were divorced. Mm. So, you know, I don't know. 
We'll have to look that up because I know there's some statistics on that, some data that I believe it shows that couples who live together before marriage, and usually the premise for that is that they want to get to know the person right. and be sure it's the right thing, but that those couples are, have a higher divorce rate than people who just get married. Well, well I think it's more mm-hmm. of a, like almost like a throwaway mm-hmm. kind of thing. If it doesn't work, then we'll just... Yeah, we'll we'll just split. Mm-hmm. But it's... I have had people who live together say that when they get married, things change. Yep. That like expectations changed and behaviors changed and attitudes changed and everything else. And, and so that's the same conversation I had with this guy mm-hmm. who was telling me this. It's like, I don't know what changed, but, but things changed. Mm-hmm. Really weird. It's It's almost like people have a subconscious expectation for what marriage will be and shift into that regardless of how long you've been together and and then we know other people who live together as long as they've been married and they've been together like 50 some years at this point and it worked so it's it's still all based on individual couples and their uh, styles of how they communicate and how they get along and whether or not you have have the lord involved in your marriage that's a big factor i know i can almost certainly say that we would have been divorced probably 20 years ago if it hadn't have been <laughs> for Jesus. You know, we were talking last week about the marriage retreat where we realized that we had our roles reversed and and if we hadn't met Jesus, we wouldn't have gone to this Christian marriage mm-hmm. retreat. We would have never learned that. We would have never worked on that and I don't know that we ever 100% fixed it, but we we corrected it pretty well. And yeah, I I think I think we would not be a couple anymore <laughs> if it wasn't for Jesus. But Well, and I think the culture now too is a lot of times I think people think of marriage as something if you know, you have to be committed to it. And I think sometimes people go into it, well, yeah, let's just get married and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Almost kind of thing, which is scary. Well, and it's especially scary when you have children because mm-hmm. whether or not you think the Mar- the separation or the divorce will be better for the children. And I mean, you certainly have instances where you're in an abusive situation you do need to mm-hmm. be safe. You need to get away from that. That's what you're in. You need to seek help. There's uh, diff- different organizations that can help you get away from the abusive spouse, start a new life. Um, you know, and so you can uh, find them from any human service resource on the web. You can just Google it. But or get a friend to Google it if you can't. Somebody's looking at your computer or your phone and tracking what you do. But anyway, that's that's we always say be safe. Mm-hmm. You know, don't you weren't meant to be abused. That's not okay. Getting married, I think we should. <laughs> oh wait, we did that. We did that. Then we still is. Mm-hmm. Oh, talking about um, divorce. Children of divorce will tell you. It's not a good thing. No. Mm-hmm. We've had, um, we've heard multiple stories about that where it's not, it's much better to work to try to save the marriage mm-hmm. than to take the divorce way out. And it's hard. It's mm-hmm. hard work to keep a marriage together, even mm-hmm. a good marriage, a very good marriage. Well, I know we've talked to people over the years as well that knew they were going to get divorced, but didn't get divorced until the kids were out of out of school mm-hmm. and out of the house. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that coincides with this time period that they talk about that's the middle years, the six six years of marriage to 25 years of marriage. And that coincides with the cycle of disillusionment. Well, it's, I'll tell you, when you have kids, we only had one. God bless all of you who have more than one child. <laughs> Because I I used to joke, I used to I used to tell the Lord I wanted four boys and, and God just laughed and said, I'll give you one girl, that's all you can handle. Because sometimes I barely got through one girl. Ashley was a great kid. It mm-hmm. wasn't like she was a problem kid or anything. She was just a kid and mm-hmm. had kid issues, had teen issues, had 
you know, she and I had the same personality, so that created a lot of conflict. Um, yeah, you remember that? I remember that. And that kind of thing puts a strain on the marriage because, mm-hmm. and especially I, my advice to parents today would be stop signing your kids up for everything under the sun and running yourself ragged all over the place. I have to give credit to our daughter and son-in-law with the twins. They have been very wise. They have said, you can do one thing at a time. So if it's mm-hmm. soccer and football and cross or whatever, or whatever season it all at the same time they could pick one so they could play one of those sports and if it's you know basketball and wrestling or whatever they can pick one and so whatever it is it's like they're allowed to pick one activity to do now sometimes i mean they have done some um instrument le- uh, lessons and mm-hmm. some things like that that have been separate but they had to fit into the family schedule for it to work and so they've been very good about limiting mm-hmm. The activities and your kids will still grow up well-rounded. If you if you talk to them and have them read books, not just on the internet, but actually read things. And this is coming from a perspective. You mean like real books? As, from a perspective as an educator, if they learn to love to read and you t- have discussions with them about life, about love, about the world, about everything else and you provide some activities for them your kids will turn out just Mm -hmm. great pray with them teach them the bible take them to the youth activities at your church you know be involved in your local church pray with your kids pray over your kids they will turn out just fine they do not need to be involved in everything Mm -hmm. because then then they learn to just run from one thing to another thing to another thing to another thing Cherish your family time. Make family time a priority Mm -hmm. to spend together as a family. And just make choices and help your kids make choices about what they really want to do and what activities they want to be involved in. And Because I think that's the biggest strain on those middle years of marriages. And lots of times, depending on what your career goals are, you're, you're working on, on your career, you're climbing the ladder at work. I mean, we're still, like, we're still working mm-hmm. at 66, both of us. And we both have very demanding jobs. We have a lot of stress. I manage 36 people. That's stress with a capital S. <laughs> And even I have a great team for the most part. And it's still, it's still just the ins and outs of the job are stressful. So when you're um, climbing the corporate ladder, so to speak, or maybe trying different jobs to do that, or, you know, maybe you're a family that's in a position where um, you've experienced a lot of layoffs or a lot of things that have affected uh, your ability to provide for your family. And maybe, maybe your plan was for mom to stay home with the kids, but now mom has to go to work too because dad's having trouble finding work. And when men can't provide for their families, find work and put food on the table, that affects their self-esteem. Mm-hmm. It affects their, their mental health. And that affects your marriage. Um, Same thing for women. If you decide to stay home to raise your family and you put some of your own personal goals on the the shelf, on those days when things are really rough, you can feel a little resentful Mm -hmm. that you didn't um, choose to pursue those career goals instead. So there's a lot of 
factors in there because when you're raising kids, you're tired, you're stressed, there's a lot of pressure. If if your family isn't financially stable, you have a lot of financial pressures. Um, you know, we just lived through a pandemic that put a whole other uh, level of pressure on families and on, you know, caring for health. You're dealing with childhood illnesses, you, um, and and then the problems that come with different stages of childhood. It's, you know, I remember, we had one kiddo, and I went back to work when Ashley was a year old, but I swear I never got out of my bathroom until she was three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was sort of what my brain felt like. I know I put on clothes to go to work, and I worked. <laughs> I worked for two out of the first three years of her life, and um, but it's just like when I look back on it, I'm like, I don't think I ever got out of my bathrobe. I think I was just in my pajamas all the time. Yeah, I know I did. You did. I know I did. But anyway, so well, we're gonna continue this discussion um, in the next few episodes. Look at some of these other um, stage models that people have put out, looking at the different stages of marriage and. Hopefully you'll hear something in here that resonates with the stage where you are at and can help you get through that stage and on to the, on to the, the end stage of, of marriage, which is mature love. It, it's uh, contentment. It's, um, you know, living in, in understanding and an enjoyment of each other. And so until next week, we pray that your marriage will be richly blessed. See you next time. Good night now. God bless. Bye now.